the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to have news and notes and lots of it to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertgnycradio.com. Don't forget Google uh, iTunes, actually. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on that platform. We're Alexa Ready as well. We're on Radio.com. We're also on the Hopped Up Network, iHeartRadio as well, but the HoppedUpNetwork.com, Monday mornings before 6 a.m., and sometimes even earlier than that, you will get the podcast version of this show, and you can download and listen to it whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Christy Yurkovic, the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania, will join me. Trogues has some new beers out now, stuff that will be hitting the shelves very soon. And plus, I really wanted to know what the job title is all about. What is a brewery experience and tour manager and how she got started and, of course, the Trogues experience. We'll talk to Christy in about 20 minutes and get all of that information as well. Sammy Hagar turned 73 this past week, actually on Tuesday, the 13th of October. The man is 73. He looks like he's in his mid-50s. He looks fantastic. He is still rocking it. Uh, They did his birthday show this weekend. You can get it on pay-per-view. They filmed it on Catalina Island the week before. And they actually filmed it the day after, if I'm not mistaken, Eddie Van Halen died. So it was a very emotional moment, obviously, for him and Michael Anthony. Uh, They did right now. They did a little teaser of it. Um, uh, You know, that they released the video or whatever. But, um, you know, obviously, Sammy devastated by Eddie's death. And the funny thing... Well, I shouldn't say the funny thing, but the thing that was revealed after Eddie had passed, um, Sammy admitted that he and Eddie had mended fences a few months back. They had, uh, I guess Sammy had reached out to him uh, via text, and him and Eddie were texting back and forth, and they really wanted to keep it a secret because they didn't want people saying, oh, they're going to have a you know, Van Halen reunion with Sammy Hagar, et cetera, et cetera, and that was never to be the case. Uh, it was just Sammy reaching out and trying to you know, build a bridge and get over whatever it was that the two of them had been fighting about. And um, he said in an interview, um, you know, I texted him. We were texting back and forth. About a month ago, uh, I reached out to him, didn't hear back from him. And then a week, the week before Eddie passed, he reached out to him again, didn't hear from him. And he figured it was pretty serious and sure enough that it was. So uh, we lost a great musical talent in Eddie Van Halen. But Sammy Hagar still rocking at 73 years young. Fantastic. We'll sprinkle some Sammy. Uh, throughout the show here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Let's dive into some beer news. So Molson Coors Beverage Company has announced a new deal to import and distribute uh, Duvel Morgat's collection of European beers into Canada. So um, according to Beer and Beyond, it's a multi-year deal. 
Uh, give Six Pines Specialty Beer Company, Molson Coors Canadian Craft Beer Arm, rights to import beers brewed by six Duvel-owned European brands across Canada. So they'll be able to um, uh, Dechufi. Uh, you've got uh, a bunch of different beers uh, as well. Duvel, uh, founded in 1871. Videt, Mar- uh, Maradusis, Deconic, Leafman's, uh, a bunch of different beers. Uh, of course, Duvel, founded in 1871, is sold in 65 countries now. So that is very cool. They'll be able to get those beers out in Canada. Surly Brewing employees tried to unionize, but apparently it fell short by just one vote. On September 1st, employees at the Minneapolis, Minnesota-based brewery announced their intent to unionize under Unite Here uh, Local 17. The following day, Surly Brewing announced that it would be indefinitely closing the beer hole that adjoins its Minneapolis production facility in November, an action that will lead to the permanent layoff of 100-plus employees, many who had recently joined an effort to unionize. And then on the 25th of September, the Star Tribune said that Surly had reached an agreement with some of its hospitality and kitchen staff to hold a vote on whether the group will form a union. On October 7th, Unite Here Local 17 took to Twitter to announce that its union effort had failed, again, by a single vote. So a little interesting here that they wanted to unionize the brewery. It seemed like they didn't want that to happen, and then they said, okay, you guys can unionize and see if you're going to form a union. They took a vote, and it failed by one vote. So we will see what happens there as we move on. Bottle Logic apparently has shut their doors after a staff member tested positive for COVID-19. So apparently uh, on October 8th, the uh, Bottle Logic Brewing took to Instagram to announce that it ceased opera- all operations, all brewery operations, including bottle pickups and online sales, apparently after they learned that one of their staff members had tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, they uh, cleaned, professionally cleaned the uh, brewery. They said bottle pickup for gem condition event bright orders will be extended through the end of October. Uh, and they are, um, the, the uh, brewery will be closed until further notice. And they are going to be, uh, you know, checking uh, to make sure that everything is cool before they decide to uh, open up again. And actually, if we do a search here for Bottle Logic on my on my Instagram, let's see if they have reopened. And uh, let's see. All right, they've ne- they they tested negative back last Saturday, this past Saturday, but they've elected to keep the brewery closed. They hope to return to all operations on Wednesday, uh, the 14th of October. So um, we will find out. And in the next segment, uh, hopefully I will have an answer for you guys uh, as to whether or not Bottle Logic has reopened their facility. So, you know, let's uh, let's hope so. If both um, have tested negative, we shall see what happens here. Uh, and, and finally, before we get to a break, an interesting news story. Uh, and one that we've been bouncing around for the last couple of months. So because COVID shut down a lot of breweries, and it also shut down a lot of bars and restaurants, tap beer was not flowing. So a lot of these kegs were sitting in places. They were not being used. Um, and it was very, obviously, um, a lot of brewers started shifting uh, to cans, some to bottles, but mostly to cans, right? So everybody said, there's going to be an aluminum can shortage, right? Everyone said, no, 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 no. It's not going to be a shortage. It's not going to be a shortage. Well, it looks like there is a shortage. And here's why. So on July 17th, analysts from the banking industry firm of Evercore, Inc. warned of a rampant and unprecedented beer out of stocks from the nation's largest supplier to small craft brewers due to growing can shortages. Then on July 31st, the Brewers Association warned of medium to long-term aluminum can shortages that could further challenge American craft breweries already in survival mode. 
That's not good. Now, on October 6th, Ball Corporation, the world's largest manufacturer of cans, told investors that the U.S. market alone is short 10 billion cans in 2020, according to Beer Business Daily. Now, look, we know why this is happening. Again, pandemic happens. Brewers start shifting to brewing their beer in cans. They need more cans. Some took advantage and immediately ordered large supplies. Others couldn't because they just didn't have the the money to do it. A lot of it is cash on demand. you gotta, you got to pay before you get the stuff. Maybe they don't have a credit line with a can company. They were short. So you have all this kegged beer that was, you know, supposed to go to restaurants and bars. Now you got to shift or to their own brewery. Now you got to shift to cans, right? So um, that's a problem. Then uh, the the rise of seltzer beverages. This is a big deal. So seltzers are sold almost primarily in cans. When's the last time you saw a bottle? Of, I mean, two liter bottles of like Canada Dry Seltzer and stuff. But when was the last time you saw a bottle of seltzer? Right. You don't. You see cans, especially when it's hard seltzer. It's in cans, slim cans. So that took a chunk out of the canning industry. Um, and then you have the big guys, Anheuser-Busch, Molson Coors, Pepsi, Coke, all of these companies, big business. They have huge economic resources to buy mass amounts of cans. The small brewer is going to get cut out. So this is a problem. So now I think you're going to see by the end of the year I think you're going to see that uh, some breweries are going to be short on canning beer. They're going to start trying to rely on maybe glass growlers. Maybe they'll institute a system, which I would think that I would hope that they would. You want to bring your growler in again to get filled as long as you've sanitized it or they sanitize it, which I know will be an extra step, especially in COVID. That will allow them to get the beer that's sitting in the keg out to you, the consumer. We will see what happens here. We'll continue to monitor it. Um, We'll see if there's any, you know, if there's any changes. Obviously, these can- these canning companies can only crank out a certain amount of cans per day, and if the aluminum isn't available, well, guess what? You're not going to get your cans. That's going to be a problem, especially for those smaller brewers, uh, which will end up becoming a bigger problem. Um, and let's hope it- that it doesn't come to that, because we don't- you don't want to see that happen, because you want to see these businesses continue to make money. However, you've got winter is coming. You're going to see a lot of businesses that are going to try and go back to indoors if they can. At a 25% capacity, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have a problem here in trying to um, make a living uh, at only 25% capacity. We've seen it with restaurants. We might see that as well with breweries, especially if there's no cans, and now you have this beer sitting in kegs, and you're trying to get it out. There's only so many people you can let in. How much money are you really going to make there at that point? We will see what happens. When we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. Uh, Trogues has some beer cheese they released this week. The interview that I did with Christy Yurkovic was from a week ago, so she wasn't up to speed on that. And a very cool thing from Bolero Snort that Scott Wells sent me. Um, They are going to be brewing a beer, the proceeds of which are going to go to combat childhood cancer. I will talk to you about that after the break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Never heard it all One by one 
Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. A little chicken foot here. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Following me is very easy on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. We're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the show on that platform. We're Alexa Ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio, and the Hopped Up Network. All you got to do is head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com and you can listen to the podcast version of this program Monday mornings before 6 a.m. So a little chicken foot there, future in the past. Sammy Hagar's birthday, 73rd birthday, by the way, earlier this week, did a pay-per-view special that he taped uh, last weekend on Catalina Island, socially distanced and the whole thing. And basically it was... You know, his rum and his tequila, or mezquila, excuse me, that was sponsoring it. I think they got Golden Road Brewery, which, by the way, is AB InBev, uh, involved in it as well. But very cool. They did it, uh, you know, this party on the island. They had boats out in the water that were socially distant. Um, I, I wasn't really sure if I was going to buy it or not um, because it's a streaming service. My Internet connection sometimes at home isn't the best. And I don't know if I want to waste my money on something that I can't watch. Uh, you know, in its entirety. And plus, I want to be able to put it on my TV. And I know what people are going to say, oh, you can get a fire stick or whatever. I'm a Luddite. I I just don't feel like going through leaps and bounds in order to get something uh, on my television screen. So there you go. Uh, Coming up in 10 minutes, Christy Yurkovic, the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania, will join me. Uh, Trogues has some new beers coming out and something else that I'll be touching on in just a moment. Uh, But really wanted to know about what's going on at Trogues, these beers that are coming out. Uh, as the uh, fall season is commencing right now, we've got winter is right around the corner. Hard to believe. Um, and, of course, what Christie's job title is all about. That'll happen in just about 10 minutes from now. Speaking of trogues, in anticipation of that holiday season that's coming up, the giant company Caputo Brothers Creamery of Spring Grove, Pennsylvania, and, of course, trogues, teaming up once again on a limited edition cheese offering, Mad Elf Beer Cheese. Uh, this is the third collaboration for the three companies, follows the successful launches of Troganator Beer Cheese last year and Perpetual Beer Cheese earlier this year. As in the other two limited edition cheeses, 100% of the milk that is used to make Mad Elf Beer Cheese comes from Pennsylvania dairy farms, which is great. So in addition to Mad Elf, with its notes of cherries, chocolate, and honey, the cheese is further augmented with a spice rub of cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove, from Calcutt Spice Company in Hershey. Additionally, Hershey's natural cocoa and fresh ground espresso from Little Lamb's Coffee Roasters in Harrisburg was also added to the rum. So this is great. So Mad Elf Beer Cheese now available exclusively for a limited time while supplies last at all 185 Giant Martins and Giant Heirloom Market locations. It's also available for purchase through Giant Direct and Martins Direct Online Grocery Service. The cheese also available for delivery via CaputoBrothersCreamery.com or if you are in the Hershey area. Just stop by at Trogues in person, and you can pick up some cheese from them as well. Very, very cool. Now, uh, something that um, Scott Wells, our good friend from Bolero Snort, sent over to me, and something that I think should be important for everybody. Uh, This is a press release from earlier this week that Bolero is proud to announce our partnership with Brewery Funds the Cure. We're excited to be a part of this cause and hope you will join in in our efforts. We will be releasing Rising Hope IPA in our beer garden and to select retail partners throughout the state. All proceeds from this beer will be donated back to this incredible cause. We hope you will join us in doing our part to combat childhood cancer. This is for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Brewing Funds uh, the Cure brings the passion and creativity 
from the craft brewing industry to join forces with NPCF in raising critical funds for pediatric cancer research. Any and every brewery or industry partner can be a part of Brewing Funds the Cure by brewing at our exclusive signature brew, Rising Hope, to host give back, to host and give back nights, to donating a percentage, a percentage of proceeds from products and or merchandise you sell and much more. Now, BFTC was created in Tampa when Cigar City and Brewbus Brewing collaborated to help raise awareness for the need for more pediatric cancer research. Through the partnership, Rising Hope, born in 2017, launched nationally last year with Rising Hope served in 23 states in all corners of the U.S. So this is great. So all you got to do is, uh, let's see here, go to brewingfundsthecure.org. Uh, you can get it. In, you can obviously uh, create the beer either in draft or in cans for your uh, for your particular brewery. Um, and in addition, NPCF is excited to engage the entire brew community beyond Rising Hope partners by challenging all to be a part of Brewing Funds the Cure. Now, apparently, here Rising Hope will be served and/or distributed through our exclusive partners in all fifty states. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so basically, it's it's. Um, Bolero, if I'm not mistaken, taking their recipe, putting it out there for everyone. And if breweries decide to make it and they want to contribute to the cause, uh, which, let's face it, if you're doing this, you are going to contribute to the cause, uh, you can do that. Um, They say here they have our new tap handle program, along with the opportunity to create your own. Some ideas include a roundup at the register, proceeds from an event, percentage of sales, designing a give-back beer, or creating a give-back beer. We can assist, and we'll have resources available for marketing. If you want some ideas, just ask. So why is this important? So why am I telling you this? Here's, here's why. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease among children. 43 children per day are expected to be diagnosed with cancer. Only 4% of the billions of dollars that are spent annually on cancer research and treatments are directed towards treating childhood cancer. And more than 95% of those who survive childhood cancer will have a significant health-related issue by the time they are 45 as a result of being treated with drugs designed for adults. Believe me, having chemo and radiation for the amount of time that I had it uh, back in 2016 and into 2017, I am still dealing with the after-effects of that to this day, almost four years later. I still have problems with it, and I'm an adult. So I can, I can only imagine what these children go through. So again, uh, if you want to join or donate, brewingfundsthecure.org. Individuals can also donate to the cause through the website or text BREW, B-R-E-W, to 50155. Rising Hope IPA will be released sometime this month. Um, but breweries and partners can get involved at any time at various levels. Very, very cool stuff. And I'm glad that Scott and the guys from Berlero are doing this. I appreciate it. We will uh, tweet out some links and stuff uh, after the show. And, of course, we'll have stuff up on our Facebook page if you want to get involved. Cape May Brewing Company has announced Cape May Coffee Stout. Uh, this is the latest in their lineup of winter seasonals. It's a dark, roasty, and slightly malty stout conditioned on a medium body Latin American and Indonesian coffee blend. It's available throughout New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Cape May Coffee Stout will be distributed starting on October 26th. Uh, Ryan Krill, the CEO, says, We've been brewing outstanding coffee stouts for years. Our fans have always gone crazy for them using locally roasted coffee. Cape May Coffee Stout is the latest and best of these brews with a lineage tracing back to our very first days as a brewery. It will replace the one of Cape May's longtime package offerings, King Porter Stomp, a chocolate porter originally brewed in conjunction with the Exit Zero Jazz Festival. For more information on all of this, you can go to capemaybrewing.com. Uh, it'll be available, uh, again, as I said, throughout New Jersey uh, at the Tap Room uh, starting on October 23rd. 
throughout New Jersey beginning October 26th, and then it will be distributed throughout Pennsylvania and Delaware uh, beginning November 2nd. So kudos to the boys from Cape May. And then finally, back on Thursday, the city of New York released requirements for restaurants and bars that want to use heating units in their outdoor dining setups on sidewalks, in the roadway, and in other areas such as backyards and parking lots. The New York City Hospitality Alliance advocated to ensure as many restaurants and bars as possible uh, would be able to use different types of heating elements to keep their customers warm during the cooler and cold months. Unfortunately, due to many significant safety considerations, storage of propane being the biggest one, uh, the use of propane will be severely limited. As a result, propane heating units will be difficult for many restaurants to use, but some will be able to avail themselves subject to the requirements. Piped natural gas will continue to be permitted, and the city has streamlined the process as much as possible. And, of course, electric heaters are probably the most feasible for restaurants to use in all outdoor dining areas. Uh, the, the Alliance urges restaurants to review the requirements, speak with an electrician as soon as possible to get the process moving, and to understand any potential opportunities and limitations. So electric heaters will be allowed on the sidewalk and the roadway seating areas. Propane heaters will not be allowed in the roadway seating areas, but will be permitted with limitations on the sidewalks. Storage of propane overnight will be a major obstacle, though. Hardwired natural gas will be allowed in the approval process, has been streamlined. Now, of course, the Restaurant Alliance wants to get occupancy up to 50% ASAP. Again, with these COVID hotspots in Brooklyn and Queens, I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, They are going to continue to push policies to help these restaurant owners. Look, I get it. Uh, David Burke's Tavern just opened uh, on the Upper East Side, but they're severely limited with 25% capacity. Again, these heaters are a good idea. You're not going to be able to use propane, um, or at least you will, but it'll be very, very limited, and and obviously there'll be a lot of restrictions. So electric heaters will obviously be the way to go, or if you have natural gas that's already piped in, maybe you can do something with that. But again, you've got to get on this as quickly as possible. And, you know, again, it's an expense for these restaurant owners. Uh, is Is it worth going through the expense to be able to do this? I think for some it will be. I think for others it won't be. I think we're still going to see a lot of restaurants closing um, because of the fact that they're just not going to be able to get heating elements in there that will be legal by the city. I'm sure that some will probably do something illegal, which I hope they don't do, because that will be a big problem as well. But we will see what happens. We will continue to keep you updated um, as, as it goes on. Again, I'd love to see them get up to 50% capacity. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think we're looking at maybe December before that happens. And by then, who knows if we're going to be into uh, a second wave of COVID. We shall see. When we come back after a short break, Christy Yurkovic, the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The way you're bathed in light Reminds me of that night God laid me down into your rose Garden of trust And I was swept away With nothing left to say Some helpless fool, yeah, I was lost Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 9. Seventy, the answer, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo. That's G A double T U double L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beercast. Uh, iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beercast. You can download the episodes there. Alexa Ready as well. We're also available on Radio.com, iHeartRadio as well. And of course, Monday mornings, the podcast version of this program can be heard on the Hopped Up Network. All you got to do is head over to the Hopped Up Network.com. 
and listen to this show or a plethora of others whenever you want. So this is the Dolphins' cry from live, The Distance to Here is the Album. And I was reminded earlier this week, this album came out 21 years ago this week. And that means that I am quite old, which is not good because I've been a fan of live since back in the early 90s. Uh, when they came out with their first album, uh, Mental Jewelry. And my next guest, and the reason why we're playing that, obviously, is because my next guest, she is the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania. York, Pennsylvania is not that far away. And my guess is my next guest might be just a little bit of a fan of live. Trogues has some new beers out. And I want to dive right into them, along with what our guest does at the brewery itself. Trogues.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome to the show for the first time, Christy Yurkovic. Christy, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, are you a fan of live? I know it's right down the road in York, Pennsylvania. I am. Uh, They're still quite popular around here. I know they came to show a couple of years ago at uh, the Hershey Stadium, and uh, we got we got rocked that night. It was great. Yeah, they, they are fantastic. First time I saw them was at the Stone Pony at the, I think it was the end of 1992. It was New Year's Eve. And there was maybe 60 or 70 people in the Stone Pony because they had no idea who live was. And they just rocked the joint out. And I've been following them ever since. But, Christy, let me ask you, what exactly does a brewery experience and tour manager do? Uh, I wear a lot of hats here at the brewery. Uh, so predominantly, I manage the tour department. I have a really great team of about 12 tour guides. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, we've had to uh, temporarily halt our tour program. Um, so in the meantime, I've actually been acting as a supervisor um, on the retail side, so in the tasting room and the general store. Oh, very cool. So now, how did you get started in, in, the, in the beer world? Uh, unexpectedly. So <laughs> I, had been, <laughs> I had been living in, and working up in Massachusetts, but decided to come back home here to Central PA to be closer to family, and uh, I needed a job. And my cousin just happened to be a bartender here at Trogues and said, well, come on in, I'll get you a job. And um, I did, and I ended up working part-time in the general store and ultimately have climbed the ladder over the past six years up to the position that I'm in now. Outstanding. Now, obviously, uh, due to the pandemic, the rules are different in each state as to what is permitted. Like in New Jersey, breweries are only allowed to serve beer unless you're a brew pub and then you can serve food. In New York, it's slightly different. Uh, You know, breweries can serve food in, in certain locations. So if I were visiting Trogues today... Uh, the, the brewery not only serves beer, but you also serve food as well, correct? Absolutely. We have a wonderful, what we call our snack bar here. Um, it's all made in-house. We source locally at every opportunity that we can, and um, it's you know, all prepared by our, our chef team. Um, the food is incredible. And, yes, here in Pennsylvania right now, uh, we are uh, operating at a 50% indoor capacity for seating. And in order to be served alcohol, you do have to have food on that same tab. Gotcha. In New York, they have to have the Cuomo chips, but for you guys, it's uh, it's a little bit more involved than that, which I actually I like a lot. We're talking with Christy Yurkovic. She's the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania. Trogues.com is the website for more info as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So let's dive into the beers on tapping in cans first. The return of a fan favorite, and I'm not a big fan of pumpkin beers. However, Master of Pumpkins 
is one that I enjoy a lot. I love the bottle version of this beer. In fact, that's the when the first time that I had it, um, uh, a, a place that I go to locally by my house in New Jersey, um, the general manager served it to me in the bottle with the, uh, you know, the, the kind of the wire, and you had to pop the top and pour it in. Mm-hmm. I love the bottled version of this beer, but this year the beer is available in a 16-ounce can. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. We decided to switch it up this year, um, give Master of Pumpkins a little bit of a new look and feel. And, um, you know, cans are king right now out there on the market. So uh, we just wanted to give folks the opportunity to um, to get a can in their hands. That they are. And I find that um, as much as I like beers and bottles, I do find that um, brewers can kind of expand on that art that they put on cans. It's It's fascinating to me. Um, what the brewers do and the marketing people and kind of put together, all right, what's the next label for the beer going to be? And, uh, you know, how they how they come up with the concepts and stuff I think is, is really cool. So I love the fact that, plus, I mean, let's face it, cans are easier to transport uh, than bottles. They're better for the environment, and it's just, uh, I, I just love it. So Hop Cyclone, uh, Hop Cyclone certainly packs a punch at 9% for a double hazy IPA. When you, and I'm sure that you've tasted this one already. When you sample it, what flavors do you get out of it? A lot of tropical notes. Um, so I get a lot of pineapple, um, just a hint of coconut coming through from the Sabro hops. Um, but for as big of a beer as it is at 9%, it's super smooth um, and kind of dangerously crushable. That sounds good. Talking with Christy Yurkovic, she's the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania. Trogues.com is the website for more information. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And Christy, I know you mentioned earlier um, there there aren't tours being given now at Trogues. Obviously, that's due to the pandemic, correct? Correct. Okay, I see. So people come in, they can get a, they can get a meal, they can get served beer, but they have to order food with it, but no tours are allowed. And, of course, shocking the holidays are right around the corner, which is scary to me. We're already in October. I can't believe the year is coming to an end so quickly. Uh, another beer that folks really love is Mad Elf, and this beer screams Christmas. What do you enjoy about it, Christy, when you're sampling it? Um, the, the warmth, you know, it, it is a big beer, it rings in at 11% alcohol, um, but it just has such wonderful warm flavors to it. Like you said, it, it just screams the holidays. Um, it pairs perfectly with Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner. Um, so it's definitely a staple on my table. And finally, two winter IPAs will be released, Blizzard of Hops and Double Blizzard. What's the difference in terms of taste profile on these two? Um, so the Blizzard of Hops is our um, part of our, our hop cycle series. Um, it's our winter white IPA. Uh, it features Galaxy Hops, Centennial, Chinook, and El Dorado. Um, so, again, predominantly my number one flavor profile for this is pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Blizzard of Hops, we basically turned that beer up to 11 um, so we switched up the hopping process just slightly in terms of temperature and timing and drove up that ABV. Um, so it's just kind of a punch in the mouth of flavor. Uh, I, I love, um, first off, I'm loving the Spinal Tap reference. Very good. I like the turning it up to 11. Uh, but I have, I have to, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and there's no wrong answer on this one. Out of all the Trogues okay. beers that you've had, Christy, which is your personal favorite that you'd go to? You know, if you had to, you know, you're in a cooler case of, of Trogues and you had to pick one beer to have as your go to beer, what's the one that you would have? Hands down, Perpetual IPA. That is my go to. It has been for a long time. 
Um, I just love everything about it. It's a West Coast, more of a West Coast style IPA, which is what I typically gravitate towards. Um, and it's just got everything I'm looking for. You know, that's interesting. I think that's the one that I actually, you guys sent me a couple of cans and uh, I'm trying to, yeah. The Perpetual IPA is the one that I had last night, and you're, you're, uh, I, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Uh, I love the fact that uh, I love a, a good West Coast IPA, and w- I think we've been so conditioned now uh, of these hazy, juicy IPAs, and that's not exactly the style of an IPA. That's not the norm. The norm is that mm-hmm. that bitter bite, that kind of you know, that kind of pucker face that you get when you when you uh, taste a West Coast IPA for the first time. But what I love about the Perpetual is that it gives you that hit, but it's not, over, it's not, it's not punching you in the face. It's kind of, hey, uh, we, know, we know what we are, and uh, we want you to have this uh, you know, over and over again. We don't want you to get tired of it. And I do think that it's, uh, it's probably one of the better beers that Trogs makes. So we're in agreement on that one. I love it. My guest has been Christy Yurkovic. She's the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogs Brewing in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania. Look, you're going to go to Hershey for the chocolate. Stick around for the beer. These guys do a great job with it, and uh, everything that they put out is just fantastic. Trogs.com is the website for more information. Right now, they're not doing brewery tours, but hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, they'll get back to that as well. Christy, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Thanks for indulging me there. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, our final segment of the program, of course, is always Suds and Duds. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes. You can just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on that platform. Alexa ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio. And as well as the Hopped Up Network, if you head over there before 6 a.m. on Monday mornings, you'll get the podcast version of this song. So Sammy Hagar turned 73 this past week. They did their big pay-per-view show that was on Catalina Island the week before. They taped it uh, with boats socially distanced in the water. That particular song was from the final Van Halen album that Sammy Hagar did uh, with the boys on Van Halen uh, called Balance. And that song is Can't Stop Loving You. In my opinion... Probably the best vocal performance from Sammy. 
Obviously, um, Eddie playing an acoustic electric guitar, a uh, little different, a, much more of a ballad, a romantic ballad. You know, I know Love Walks In and all that, but that had that heavy synthesized kind of feel, uh, 5150 and OU812. But Balance was kind of the album that was a, a departure from the stuff that they had done before in the previous three albums. Like, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, they really got back into, you know, hard, heavy rock. Uh, this one was kind of a, more of a mellow, subtle album, and the guitar work on it from Eddie is phenomenal. But Sammy's vocals really shine in this. I think that's I think right here is where he kind of hit his stride with Van Halen, and then of course they did the tour and they broke up. A, you know, a little while after that, got back together for the reunion tour, which according to Sammy was a disaster. Eddie had a different take on it, but okay, listen, everybody has opinions. Um, but to me, I thought that was one of Sammy's. Best vocal performances of a song. The video is cheesy, and I only remember it because when Eddie passed away a week or so ago, um, they were rerunning videos on VH1 Classic, and I remember that video, and I was like, oh, boy, they're in a house, and Sammy's singing about love and this and that, and they're in this kind of weird, like, they're trying to be grunge but not grunge. I, I don't know. It was just a weird, again, the 90s were kind of odd. So, I mean, that's that's one of those things. From a music standpoint, it was great, but I, I'm just saying, you know, there's just the whole look, everything about it. Um, was a little odd, but Sammy's vocals, I thought, were really, really spot on in that particular song. And, uh, you know, appreciate you guys ind- indulging me with some of the different musical songs here uh, during this hour. But let's dive into Suds and Duds, uh, as we always do. It's a short Suds and Duds this week because uh weren't that many beers that I got into. Busy doing so much stuff, really didn't have time to sit down and really uh, focus on a bunch of stuff that I've gotten from a number of different brewers, and I'll have to get to that in the coming weeks. I'm in the middle of a move. I'm trying to do all these different things, so it's a little it's a little tough right now. Anyway, um, I had a chance to spend some time with my cousins uh, who live in Ocean Grove uh, last weekend. And uh, on the way down, we uh, kind of got there early enough, my wife and I. We were able to stop at the Bradley Brew Project, which I had not been to yet. I've had some of the beers from Bradley Brew Project, and I was very impressed. But I hadn't had a chance to stop at the brewery. So we, uh, oddly enough, the brewery is literally... Uh, maybe a seven-minute walk from my cousin's, maybe a two-minute car ride. So uh, we stopped in, and I asked them if they had any sours because my wife is a big sour fan. Now, I got a stout for my cousin because she's a big stout fan, which I got an extra can of that, too. I'll be trying that uh, this this weekend, and we'll review it for next week's show. But one of the things that I got was their splits, their spritzy sour ale. This is with Citra and Mosaic in it. This is a nicely done sour. The peach really shines in this. It's not too tart. Um, I really like this a lot. Comes in a slim 12-ounce can. Uh, well done. I would love to spend uh, an afternoon down there at the brewery. It's nice. It's in a real nice location right in the center of Bradley Beach. Uh, not too far from the beach, probably a couple blocks. But obviously in this time of year it's getting cold. But uh, they have a nice little um, indoor setup that's open to open air. They're able to open up the entire area uh, to fresh air. And then they have a little beer garden in the back. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'd like to take a ride down there and... Um, and check them out one of these weekends. And then a couple of the beers that I had during dinner were from Aleworks Brewing in Virginia. My cousin's husband uh, is a big fan of this brewery, and I can see why. I started off with the Tavern Brown Ale, uh, a roasty, a nice flavor to it. Uh, was great, went well with uh, with the chips and salsa that we had uh, and uh, some of the fajitas. Uh, but a nice-tasting uh, brown ale, not too dark, not too light, just just perfect. So nice stuff from that. And then had the uh, Eagle Air guitar, a double IPA. Uh, it's, it was decent, decent amount of bite to it. Um, nothing that blew me away, but but definitely something that I could drink 
uh, you know, a few of them and not have a problem with. So uh, good stuff from the folks at Aleworks, and thanks to my uh, my cousin's husband, Paul, uh, for supplying those. Um, had another beer from Magnify over at our favorite place at Paragon Tap and Table. About time. This one was, again, Magnify has really impressed me over the last several months. A nice, juicy, hazy uh, IPA. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if Magnify has changed brewers. I don't know if they're um, cold conditioning their kegs a little bit longer before they send them out. But uh, about a year and a half ago, everything that I drank from Magnify had this acidic burn to it when I drank it. And in not and not in a pleasurable way either, which is not good. You, when you get that acid burn down your throat, it almost feels like... Um, how could I describe it? Like it's almost like an acid reflux type of thing. Um, it's it's annoying. It's uh, it, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the beer doesn't sit and rest in a cold box long enough uh, when it's kegged. So um, I had an issue with that. But so far, uh, the last probably seven beers I've had from Magnify have been outstanding. Um, had a chance to crack open a can of Little Monsters by Source. That was one of the beers they came out with last week. Uh, first off, I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. So when I saw the, the little monsters and the whole Lady Gaga thing, I thought that was great. Uh, a pink can uh, with kind of like uh, Lady Gaga's face on it, you know, sort of and sort of like in makeup. So, you know, that little monsters kind of look. This is an incredible beer. Juicy, smooth, peach and pineapple goodness. Uh, everything just kind of works in this. There's a softness to it. It's really nice. I enjoyed this a heck of a lot. Probably should have bought another four pack of it. It was uh it was a fantastic beer, and uh, and kudos to the folks uh, from Source. They do this like music series now, uh, where they're able to do um, uh, music artists. I think it's from Sony's catalog. They can do it from, but it's really cool and uh, just a fun beer, really good to drink. And then had dinner with a, a whole group of my uh, my family on Sunday, and my cousin Dean uh, brought down um, Kane's uh, Marzen called Beer Hall uh, from Kane, and solid Marzen. Um, there was nothing special about it. There was nothing that kind of blew me away. Just a well-done, well-represented Marzen that I really enjoyed. Uh, very tasty and uh, liked it a lot. So uh, I want to thank my cousin uh, for bringing that particular beer. Now, finally, I want to mention something about, uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, there was a, a, an article that I put up on, on a Facebook post that um, really got a lot of reaction. And I understand that some of these articles are clickbait. They want you to click on it so they can get a lot of clicks and, and what people think and et cetera, et cetera. But this woman a writer came up with um, a uh, an article about the top 15 breweries in New Jersey, and it was parentheses with the 2020 updated list. And a lot of the breweries on there, I have to say, are not in the top 15. She said they were in no particular order. Okay. But there were a number of breweries on there that I wouldn't even consider in my top 15. Now, I could tell you the breweries that she left off. I'm not going to mention, you know, here's, here's who was left off. Carton, Kane, Icarus, Source, uh, Troon, um, let's see, Twin Elephant was on there. Brick City was on there, which is great. Um, you know, I'm, I personally find Wet Ticket to be a great brewery. Others don't. That's okay. Um, maybe they're not in the top 15, but some of these breweries that were on there, and again, I'm not going to, well, I'll mention one name, Climax. Now it's one of the oldest breweries in New Jersey, but his beer is terrible. I'm sorry. I've, I've had a couple of beers from him. There's, they were skunked. They were disgusting. I had to pour them all out. I didn't like them. How that brewery is on that list and not a, an Icarus or a Cane or a Carton 
is beyond me. And, you know, I know I've gotten a number of different explanations about it, but, you know, folks, if you're going to write an, an article about breweries in New Jersey, do the research and go to the places and actually taste some of the beer before you just start slapping stuff up because such and such a brewery has had this many hits or that many hits. Just because they've had that many hits doesn't necessarily mean that the beer is good or people are are into that particular type of beer. It's just, it was disgraceful, and I just really thought that the author did a horrible job with the article. I don't care what order they're in, um, you know, because everybody has a number one or a number two, but honestly, the, the, the list was absolute garbage. I mean, there were a couple of breweries mentioned in there. I know Ghost Talk was mentioned in there as well. That's great. They're very good. They've got great beers that are out. But a lot of those a lot of those breweries should not have been on that list. Bottom line. Folks, we're out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Christy Yurkovic, the brewery experience and tour manager for Trogues Brewing, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody.